Hello, everyone. So welcome to Azure Microsoft Community Insight Podcast, so where we share insights, uh, where we share insights and stories from community experts to stay up to date with Azure. So my name is Nicholas, and I will be your host today. So in this podcast, we will dive into GitHub Copilot. But before we get started, we will, I want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date so we can reach more amazing people like yourself. So today we have a special guest called Denwin Bradley. So as front apologies for spelled wrong. Can you start introduce yourself, please? Yeah, uh, my name is Damien Brady. I am a developer advocate over at GitHub. So I work on our advocacy team, which means events and podcasts and blog posts and videos and all sorts of stuff. Okay, brilliant. Uh, so. I would like the first question I wanted to ask you is that we're all going to get to know. So, how would how do you get involved with GitHub Copilot, and what's your role in the pro, in the project in with GitHub? Yeah, so I um I was an advocate over at Microsoft for uh, I think four years, and I moved over to GitHub um, because I was part of the DevOps advocacy team, and we were talking about GitHub a lot. Uh, very shortly after I moved, so within a month or so, we announced um, a product at GitHub called GitHub Copilot, which was a it was a, a tool, basically. We call it an AI pair programmer, and it's based on um, large language models. So at the time, it was uh, Codex, which is one of the GPT yeah. models, and it was used as like a tool to to help you know help you be more productive with code, making suggestions and so on based on based on AI. Um, since then, we've had huge success with GitHub Copilot. Um, and so part of my role as, as a developer advocate here is teaching people how to use it effectively, teaching people what it is, what it does, what it doesn't do, um, and just you know, helping educate people, I think, about what, what the product is. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's all about educating people, for expanding people's knowledge about the products. So, how does since you're part of the like advocacy team, uh, how does GitHub Copilot learn from the code we use and handle different languages? You know, like if you have different programming language. Yeah, so so Copilot, along with pretty much all of the GPT models, was trained on you know, billions of lines of publicly available code and uh, natural language, so text as well. Um, as part of that huge amount of information, there is a lot of code in there. So when you when you tune these models so that they know how to write code, they they're really good at making predictions for what the next thing you want to type is um, when you're writing code. So we we say that it works technically with any programming language, yeah. but it will do better with languages that are that are in the training data. So for example, it, it's going to do really well with Python. Might yeah. not. Do might as well with COBOL or something like that. But the other way it gives suggestions is based on um, the code that you have around you know, your cursor at the time, or in the case of GitHub Copilot Chat, which is kind of a code-focused um, GPT um, or chat GPT, you might think of it, but in the context of your editor. Um, it also uses the context of you know the other files that you have open and the questions that you've asked and the answers that it's given you previously and things like that. Okay, so if you have like a working on something like .NET, it you if you ask a question, it would train the, 
the module using .NET and then we're able to know the language based on that? Yeah, well, the model is trained on, on a bunch of different languages, but by giving it the context of I'm working in .NET, it knows, you know, its answers are more likely to be you know, .NET specific. If you do things like highlight a, a chunk of code and say, can you write me a test or unit test for this function? If that test is in C sharp, then the sorry. If the function is in C sharp, then the test is going to be in C sharp as well, most likely, because that is a logical answer to a question about you know how do you test the C sharp code. Yeah. So, yeah, depending on the context that you've given it, it's going to give you responses in different languages or you know in plain English if that's if that's what you want. Yeah. Plus, it's quite great because you can use GitHub Copilot chat to help you learn a new language as well. So it's quite good about that. So in terms of like the good thing about Copilot, people's organizations tend to be scary towards the challenges and limitation of it. Can you describe some limitation and challenges and how would you address them with Copilot? Yeah. I think there's a couple of important things to remember when you're talking about tools like GitHub Copilot. One is that it is based on your GPT models, so large language models. Um, as a result, what it's ultimately doing, or the main thing it's doing under the covers, is um, basically token prediction. So even all of these, all of this text, what is the next most likely thing to come out? So when we do something like, you know, start typing a, a comment for a function, yeah. and we wait to see whether the copilot's going to give us the correct function, it's just predicting the next thing that you would write after that after that comment. Or if you highlight some code and say, can you write me a test for this? The prompt that gets sent to the GPT or to the large language model underneath is something along the lines of, here is a function, I want you to write um, a test for this function as well. And all it's doing is predicting you know, what's going to come next. So if you keep that in mind, all it's really doing is predicting the most likely next thing that will come out. So it's not a compiler. It doesn't know that the code it's going to give you files. Yeah. It doesn't uh, can't run it. It doesn't do security. Well, I say it doesn't do security checks, but we do actually have some filters on the back end that make sure we're not giving predictions that have security vulnerabilities. Um, but it's it's a pretty naive machine it's been trained on a lot of information and it knows the context of what you're asking and it makes some scarily good predictions most of the time but the important thing to remember is it's just a tool and you as the developer are the one who can you know have a look at that response and see whether it's appropriate um yeah. so there are yeah because in terms of like privacy it's it's like it's open it's open source because it's go through the internet and look for it. Not like, like, uh, like Microsoft version of like a uh, Bing Bing Chat. So it's where it is. Yeah, kind of, uh, well, it was trained on um, it was trained on publicly available code. So um, that that's um, a lot of stuff that was on GitHub, for example, um, or on other platforms as well. Um, and there's there's a whole bunch of like natural language stuff that comes into that training data as well. well one thing as well in terms of privacy is that your um, your prompt, so the context that goes back to the GitHub Copilot server to give you a suggestion, that doesn't get used for retraining the model um, for everybody else. And in fact, if you're using something like GitHub Copilot for business, yeah. uh, it, it never even... Um, 
it, it never gets used to to help us understand what types of prompts are going to be um, more effective or what responses are going to be more accepted and things like that. So we don't use any of that information, um, any of your code or any of the responses that we give you in any of the training. Um, but we can, in the case of Copilot for individuals, we sometimes use that to work out um, whether a particular prompt uh, that we've constructed is is doing a better job of giving you a response. But yeah, we don't train on your code anymore. That's brilliant. So I take it you mean Copilot X, right? The enterprise version. Well, so Copilot X was, um, when we announced that, it was basically our vision for what Copilot could become. So the product itself is GitHub Copilot, and it appears in a bunch of different places. Um, when we talked about Copilot X, it was kind of our, um, here's what we think the future of, of AI-powered um, software development is going to be. And since then, we've, we've released a bunch of AI Focus tools under the name GitHub Copilot. So there's Copilot, or what I like to call the OG Copilot. So the one that you see when you start typing. There's Copilot Chat. There's Copilot for the CLI. So you can ask it questions about command line stuff. There's Copilot for pull requests. Um, there's knowledge bases that are coming out and a few other things like fine tuning for, for um, enterprise and so on. So Copilot X was kind of our future looking vision. Um, yeah. Pilot those that is the product itself. Okay, brilliant. So I recently heard that there's a new feature called Copilot Workspace. Can you tell us more about it? That's currently in preview. Yeah. Uh, well, there's one that's there's kind of two um, that are that are overlapping yeah. workspace. There's one that's available pretty much right now, where if you're using GitHub Copilot Chat and you type in um, at workspace, so that yeah. at simple workspace. Um, you can get it to describe things about your actual workspace, so the, all of the files that are being used in your project. Um, or you can create a new one. So if you do at workspace slash new, um, it's using the context of the entire workspace that you're using in Visual Studio Code. So that's something you can try now. I think what you're probably referring to, though, is what we hear, uh, what we kind of did a sneak preview of at the end of GitHub Universe last yeah. year. Um, yeah. 2023 so that is a very much a work in progress it is um not available to try at the moment but the idea is that a lot of software development kind of follows this pattern of um you have an issue which kind of describes the features that you want or the change that you want um you break down that issue into you know here are the tasks that i need to need to complete so i need to create a new page to do this i need to create some new functions over here some new tests and so on and, and then you implement all of those changes. Um, now, Copilot Workspace is an attempt to get AI to help along that entire path, ultimately ending in a pull request or a even a deployed version of that application that has those changes in it that have all been written by AI. And at any stage in that process, you can make some changes. So if it's broken down the issue into a bunch of tasks that need to be done and you realize there's one missing, you can add that to the list and then it will continue from there. Make those changes, add those tests, even deploy the application um, so you can try it out and then merge that pull request. So it's kind of taking the idea of um, AI, um, I don't know, AI help for your project a little bit further and doing as yeah. much as they can all the way up to, you know, 
ideally a piece of code that you can actually merge and deploy. Okay, so any through the when there is issues, any with pull requests, anything like projects or discussion, you will do is part of the workspace. That's AI. Yeah, so like I said, it's definitely still a work in progress. Um, so the the exact final version of what it looks like um, yeah. is TBC, like to be confirmed. But yeah, yeah. the idea being, you start from your description, and then AI helps you all the way through to kind of getting a deployed version of the application you can have. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. So that's it's very so exciting. So do you know when that will be like preview when customer will be able to sign up for it or? I don't have a date for you, I'm afraid. Um, no. It's, I guess it's, <laughs> I do have inf inside information in my head that I can't yeah. share, but um, it's actually a bit sooner than I thought it would be. It will be like possible next year or this year, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> That's a very no comment answer, isn't it? Yeah, no worries. So <laughs> is there, is there any other cool recent announcement for GitHub that you're really excited about? Yeah, so the, the, Main one that I'm excited about is um, GitHub Copilot Enterprise. So this is a new um, SKU, basically a new offering that we have um, on top of the Copilot for Individuals, which is $10 a month, and Copilot Business, which is $19 a month. Um, this one's currently looking at $39 a month, but it gives you additional features like um, Copilot Chat in the editor or in .com, sorry, in the browser. So you can have a look at your repository and ask questions of that repository. And that includes things like semantically searching across your um, your code base and across your documentation and things like that so that you can actually ask questions about your specific organisation. You can take that even further as well and um, soon you'll be able to do fine-tuning over your organisation's code, ba code base. So rather than just generic responses based on the context you've given it, it knows how yeah. your organization does this particular type of work. Um, there's additional things like Copilot for pull requests where it can describe what's in a pull request for you in that description really easily. Um, a few other things like that. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot more features kind of popping up as that um, as part of like Copilot Enterprise. That one is, and we're recording this in February, I realise as well, but it's scheduled for February 2024, so it should be later this month. That will, that will okay, brilliant. Thanks. So as you say you're part of a role as a senior developer advocate. Do you normally uh, take feedback? How do you handle feedback from, like, like partners and clients and stuff? Yeah, all over the place, really. Um, we have – so a lot of the – development teams or the engineering teams inside GitHub um, do a lot of customer research as part of their you know, day-to-day -day work. Um, yeah. The way GitHub tends to work is that we develop uh, features alongside customers so we know that what, what we're creating is actually solving the problems that we want it to solve. Um, but as well as that, in advocacy, we are frequently out at events. We are um, some of us do live streams. Uh, we do lots of video. We do lots of um, uh, blog posts and things like that as well. So any of those channels, um, we're online in most places, I think. Um, GitHub has accounts on a number of social media platforms. Um, I'm personally still on X a little bit or Twitter. Um, I'm on Hackerdom, Blue Sky, Threads, uh, all of those ones as well. So you can kind of reach out yeah. 
LinkedIn, obviously. So you can reach out on kind of any of those. Um, you can see my little handle down there. Uh, Demo Visa is kind of everywhere. Um, that's my GitHub handle too, and that has links to all of the um, socials on there as well. But we do that. There's another place I would suggest as well if you want to talk to GitHub, which is the GitHub community discussions. So we use a feature at GitHub called discussions, um, and it's open to the community. Um, if you search for community discussions or GitHub community discussions, that's a great place to start. And the engineering teams and the support teams spend a lot of time looking at those discussions as well to you know, they're kind of like forums, I guess, but a great place to start talking to us. That's fine. So as this episode has come to an end, we would love to like get to know people, I guess, in, individually. So are you going to any events about in GitHub in the future? Yes, uh, I have a few, actually. So if you're a Microsoft MVP, I should be yeah. at the Summit in March. Um, so I'll be there, which would be great. Um, other than that, there is couple of other events i'm trying to think of the right are you ones. speaking at a summit i should be yeah i should be speaking oh, yeah. or helping out um moderating mm-hmm. and um managing especially in the devops area uh and yeah, devops and github and things like that um there's also microsoft build i think i think the dates for that just just got announced announced recently. yeah it's me in may yeah i should be there for that i can't absolutely guarantee that but i should be there for that um and then i feel like there's another one i'm missing but uh yeah and then of course uh end of october this year is github universe again so that'll be in san francisco that'll be a bit bigger than it has been in the previous two years so that one's a huge one to look out for so yeah keep an eye on that brilliant so has this how do people how can people learn about GitHub Copilot and get in touch with yourself? Like you know you briefly touched on it, so which is the best like channel to get in touch with you for more details? Yeah, I would love to say one of the channels is better than others, but I'm kind of on all of them all the time. Um LinkedIn or, or X is probably the fastest way. Um but you know, it's it's most of the others. Um as well as that, I think keeping in touch via those forums that I mentioned as well is a good idea. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the best ways to keep in touch with me or to, to get those in, that information for me. In terms of learning how to use GitHub Copilot, there's there's a ton of resources. Um, GitHub has a great YouTube channel, which has a few in there. I think Microsoft Learn also has an entire GitHub uh, learning path or GitHub Copilot learning path. Um, so that one's quite good too. Uh, and where are some other ones? Um, yeah, the, the GitHub blog is a great place. Yeah. For so I want to add something with that. So GitHub announced some certifications. So like beginners, foundation, intermediate, for as long as with it. So you can get started as well. So there's there's a couple of places you can learn. Um, or do GitHub certifications. So one of them, yes, uh, GitHub certifications is is relatively new. Um, there's foundations, actions, advanced security, admin, but nothing specific for Copilot. Okay. That said, there is, I think, on skills.github.com. Um, that's another place where I think there's a whole bunch of different like, kind of courses or um, things that you can run through as well, and that covers a lot of GitHub as well. So... Um, those are great places to, to look at GitHub certifications and, and GitHub skills as well. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. 
So, yeah, thanks for joining us on this episode, Damien Brady. So, in a few weeks, it's going to be on uh, Spotify and Happy Music. So, stay tuned. So, thank you.